Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. What a traumatic week it has been. I want to invite you all and thank you all for coming here to this week's edition. It's October 14th, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, California burns. An earthquake 4.0 hit in the midst of the California fires that has already claimed 34 or 38, excuse me, lives and has torched some 5,700 structures. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I put some posts up on the Facebook page to look at. Technical data concerning one of the videos that I posted from the BBC. I took a screenshot to display just exactly what had been quoted in the news clip. The problem was, ladies and gentlemen, is when you do the math, the commentator plainly said that this fire was spreading at a football field every four seconds. That distance, ladies and gentlemen, is 51 miles per hour. You could almost say that's in the twinkling of an eye. You could say that could be right on the order of spontaneous combustion. There has been more earthquakes at the North Korea site, ladies and gentlemen. This week has been phenomenal by way of breaking news. I strongly suggest you fasten your seatbelts and get your trays into the upright positions. I want you to seriously contemplate, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously contemplate just how far off from Ezekiel 24 being fulfilled are we. Riddle me this, ladies and gentlemen. You realize that entire chapter is dedicated to the, not the sign of Jonah everyone talks about. It plainly dictates the parameters for the sign of Ezekiel. Are you ready? Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. Special note, I want to uh, take the time to give out a hearty thanks to all of our listeners that continue to put us at the top of the game in current events. The downloads have just, I don't know, they're, they're going up at geometric rates. Um, I was taking a look over at the numbers. For an End Time Tribune two months ago, last week, we had a couple of thousand downloads. And the numbers just go up every week the closer that you get to the current one. So uh, Clinton, Brian, and I certainly do appreciate your support. And we appreciate your prayers. And we appreciate you personally. It is good to know that we are not in the stagecoach all by ourselves. So, Clinton, how has your week uh, progressed, and uh, what particularly has caught your news this week, your eye this week? Yeah, you know, my my week has been a pretty good week, Um, you know, kind of just watching the chaos unfold. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knew that, Trump was going to turn against the Iranian nuclear deal, but we weren't really sure he was going to. Um, and then we actually saw it. Um, and so it's, it's just the focus has been in the Middle East and the focus has been on what is unveiling self before our eyes. Yeah, I knew that that was kind of coming, but we don't know the ramifications of this Iran deal being rejected. I saw very little coverage of it, but it's kind of like a time delay fuse. I am afraid. Brian, how have you been doing this week, and what's been catching your eye in the news? Ah, the week's been a usual week, but as far as the news goes, I'd say a whole heck of a lot's been catching my eye. There's been... We went with a few weeks of things being a little bit on the uh, sort of quiet side, but then again, I tend to wonder how much of that had to do with our, um, how do we put this, out-of-control administration being on their summer break, because it seems as if we're uh, saber-rattling on just about every corner of the planet as we speak with just major, major developments all over the planet. And it just seems to be like nonstop information coming in from different sides. So we'll be talking about that more well, later in the show. Well, Brian, my well, let me just explain to you the past twenty four hours. Well, uh, didn't quite make it home Friday, Bri. Got towed home. Um uh, I had to fix the car outside get it, because the uh, the tow truck was flatbed, so it just got dumped off in the yard. So I got to uh, repair the one working van that I have uh, because over the past week, never mind. I'm, I'm back to having one vehicle. So anyway, spent the better part of last night and this morning outside uh, fixing it, took it for a test drive. The brand new water pump that I just bought was bad. Bearings locked up, broke the shaft right in two, so I got towed back to the house. It being 
the weekend, there is no hope for me getting another water pump while exchanging it. Of course, I'll exchange it, take my receipt, and get a replacement, but no hope of that happening before work on Monday morning. So, Brian, um, ladies and gentlemen, that's how my week has went. What has caught my eye this week? Water displacement, and that's really all I'm going to share for right now, but massive signs of planetary water displacement for, as of yet, reasons unknown. So, Clinton, with that being said, the mic is yours. You know, I wanted to say thank you to everyone for your support as well, and and it's always a pleasure to be speaking here with you. Um, now, everywhere you look, um, it, it's been just one episode of chaos after after another episode of chaos, and it just has been building and building from there. And, and let alone what is happening with this Iranian treaty. Um, now, now this is not just an agreement between the United States and Iran. This is a, an agreement to, between the United States, Iran, and the UN. I mean, there are seven other countries involved in this. Um, and for the United States to completely back out, the agreement can still go on. It's just that it doesn't mean as much uh, because the whole thing was trying to avert san- uh, sanctions from the United States against the Iranian economy. That, that was the whole reason for the, the agreement, the treaty, was to, to make sure that Iran had learned their lesson. They, they had – their economy was on their knees. They, they were basically going to lose ultimate control of their country. And this was an agreement to make it so that way, an agreement of, of mercy in a way. The only thing the United States did not like about Iran was because they were pursuing a nuclear weapon. Plain and simple. We don't want you to have a nuke. I, Israel does not want you to have a nuke. Abide by these rules. And according to the other countries involved in this agreement, Iran has been doing exactly that, abiding by every aspect of it. Every 90 days, the United States president has to sign off on this, has to do it. Um, and if he doesn't, well, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened with Donald Trump, is he refused to ratify it. He refused to say that Iran had been upholding their side of the deal. And he says that they you know, are now upholding to the spirit of the deal. <laughs> I'm sure Matthew can go deep into what, what kind of spirit of the deal that may be involved in, but it's interesting that that is the language being used. And, and this is just building on the chaos of what is going on, because now people are like, well, what does this mean? Well, this means that Congress, who can't pass anything, can't do health care, can't do taxes, can't do a budget, can't do anything except for stop abortion, that's the only thing that Congress has passed. They have 60 days to come up with an agreement that puts any kind of restrictions on Iranian oil, Iranian economy, any aspect of restriction we want to put on there in exchange for the Iranian government not building a nuke. 60 days. It took 18 months to do it last time. So you can kind of understand that what is coming is going to be very difficult to do in 60 days, which kind of aligns to the end of this term before they go on vacation until hmm, I think it's February. So this will line up right around that December 15th timeframe. So, so we have 60 days. It took them 18 months last time. Not going to happen. 
So then that means that we're just completely going to pull out of this nuclear deal. Well, maybe they come up with a plan in 60 days that actually fixes everything. And you bring Israel into the loop because they're the ones that are not too happy about this agreement. This is coming from Netanyahu. He's come out publicly numerous times saying the nuclear deal with Iran is horrible. And it should be changed. So in essence, option number two is they have 60 days to come up with a new treaty to be signed with everyone in the world, pretty much the UN, the United States, Iran, bring possibly Israel into the mix as well and whoever else they want to, to try to work out some kind of agreement. That's option number two. The third option, I guess, <laughs> you can just kind of imagine what that is, and that seems like what we're, op- what we're looking into with North Korea. I mean, the fact that we're moving more troops, we're basically moving the Navy. We have warships that are coming into the area that are looking to attack North Korea. And, of course, North Korea is, you know, having a, kind of a nervous reaction to this. So what they do is they hack into the database for the United States, and they steal the United States and South Korean war plans because the strength of the North Korean government is not necessarily in in the nuclear program or in their military program, but in their ability to attack cyberly. So that's what they did. So basically any kind of plan that we had in place to go after North Korea, North Korea now knows. So how's this going to work out? Are we going to be the bully on the block and say, well, I'm going to run right up the middle. Can you stop me? Is that going to happen? Well, possibly, because it seems like that's exactly where we're headed. In every case, I mean, North Korea just came out uh, a couple of days ago and says, you know what, if you guys don't calm down, we're going to nuke Guam. Okay, well, they've said that. Well, they've also shown that they have a missile that can actually do it. They supposedly had a nuclear test here recently or an earthquake at their nuclear site. So they're moving towards that. They're moving towards attacking another province of the United States, another territory of the United States. But Donald Trump has shown that being a territory is completely different than being a state. You know, what's going on in Puerto Rico, if that was Texas, look at the response in Texas, look at the response in Florida. But Puerto Rico, the response is not so much. So that is the difference between a territory and a state. If North Korea tries nuking California, the response may be different. Or it may not need to have a different response. We're going to have some interesting times coming ahead. And when it comes to what is going on with this nuclear treaty, we need to also see what's going on with the money because you always follow the money. It tells you exactly where to go, exactly what is happening. And what did we recently have? We have Iran and Turkey that have decided to start trading with their local currency. So instead of using the U.S. dollar, to trade between them, they're actually going to make it where you can trade between Iran and Turkey with their local currencies. Now, the importance of this is not only showing the link between Iran and Turkey, but what China and Russia just did, because China and Russia just came out with the same thing, the, you, uh, the yuan, or yuan and the ruble exchange payment. So basically, this is going to enable to where when you go to, if you were using the yuan, and you go to buy something in Russia, you can actually buy it. And the exchange is automatic. 
what it's actually saying is allow simultaneous settlement of transactions between two different currencies. So you can buy something in China with the ruble. If Iran and Turkey, which they have shown that they're aligned with Russia, aligned with China, aligned with that kind of BRICS nation regime, are they going to move to the same kind of thing? To where electronically, you can buy something within the currencies and it changes it and does it automatically, and you don't have any kind of issues. seems like that is the direction it's headed. I mean, we have numerous countries that have come out and started trading outside of the U.S. dollar, start trading in the yuan. I mean, we know that this is the trend. This is why, you know, President Donald Trump has said that the United States is at economic war with China, because we are. The only problem is we're we're not very good at it. I mean, our our whole objective is to bring the American dollar back to America and buy everything in the United States and then try to threaten everyone else. Where the problem is, is everyone is moving towards China, moving towards the yuan. I mean, they have recently made agreements with Saudi Arabia to buy oil in the yuan. They made this agreement with Russia to be able to buy oil with the yuan. That's basically what this agreement means. Russia gets the majority, or China gets the majority of their oil from Russia. So now they just got locked up Saudi Arabia and Russia. They also have agreements with Venezuela. Venezuela saying that they want to actually move into the yuan as well. Venezuela is a very large oil producer. So they just line them up as well. Then you have Iran. Iran also produces lots of oil. And they're actually setting up their, their trading currency with Turkey, with China. Everything's lining up. So you, you can see how economically everything is leading towards the belt, one belt, one road economic system that's being put in place. And the United States is trying to get all of their money to come back. That's why they're trying to push this tax plan. That's why they're trying to push this budget. They're gonna, the emergency relief that they just made for California was something like, what was it, $23 billion, I think it was, that they just gave to California for the fires. And the fires haven't even been put out. And it just is continually getting worse. We have the natural disasters in Texas and Florida, in Puerto Rico. They're going to make it to where this, the national budget is just removed. That Trump has said that's what he wants. He wants it to where they do not have a cap on the budget, that they can just print money as they need it. So that's the plan is they're going to just print the United States dollar and spend it in America to build American products to fix everything that we have broken here. The only problem is it doesn't necessarily help everyone around the world. It doesn't help us buying goods from everyone. We don't produce anything in the United States anymore. Everything is produced elsewhere. So, for instance, when you know, Matthew is talking about getting a water pump and finding out that there's another one that is bad, chances are that water pump may not have been made in this country. So we have to import it from somewhere else. So if we no longer are purchasing products from China, or from Venezuela, or from Russia, or from anyone else that decides not to do business with the United States. We're not going to get those products. It's going to be very difficult to get anything. That is a system that we are looking towards. There, there's one other little aspect of something I want to talk about as well, which is the transition is, is difficult to get into, but it's an article from The Guardian. 
And we, we've been talking about all the craziness that's going on, going on in the NFL. And recently uh, there was a European team that also knelt uh, during their national anthem. So it's spreading you know, across the globe in that way. We have a college freshman that knelt um, and was kicked off the team. I assume lost a scholarship. Um, we have just this, this spreading all across the globe of, of trying to control athletes. You know, if they choose to do whatever they want to with, with kneeling with the American flag or doing any kind of protest, that is their choice. You may not agree with their platform, but that is their choice. When it comes to the use of um, enhancing drugs, the, the, the world is completely against that, and they've made numerous statues about that. And the Olympic Association has, you know, in the last couple of years, I know the Russian Olympics were, um, you know, the Olympians, a lot of them could not compete because they tested for steroids. You know, so, so they've been trying to keep, you know, athletes from using enhancing drugs. Now, this article came out in The Guardian, and, and I just wanted to kind of look at it real quick. Basically, calls, uh, the call is for athletes to be fitted with microchips uh, to fight against drug cheats. Chief Executive of World Olympians Associates uh, makes implant subjection. Uh, we're prepared to chip our dogs, so why aren't we prepared to chip ourselves? Athletes need to be fitted with microchips in a similar way that dogs are. In the, the fight against drug cheats in sports, according to the leading representative of international sports people, Mike Miller, the World Olympians Association chief executive, claimed that radical anti-doping methods, including microchips, uh, to recognize the effect of banned substances are needed to protect clean sport. Some people say we shouldn't do this to people, Mike Miller said. Uh, well, we're a nation of dog lovers. We're prepared to chip our dogs, and it doesn't seem to harm them. So why aren't we prepared to chip ourselves? Miller claims a breakthrough in microchip technology is on the horizon, and testers need to be aware of developments. Uh, his fear is that the drug cheats will exploit the technology to avoid detection through self-monitoring, alerting them when their uh, blood has returned to normal levels before testers arrive. Speaking to anti-doping leaders at Westminster Forum in an integrity of, on integrity in sport, Miller said, in order to stop doping, we need to chip our athletes where the latest technology is there. Some people say it's an invasion of privacy. Well, sport is a club, and people don't have to join the club if they don't want to. If they don't follow the rules, if they can't follow the rules, they don't want them. So basically, <laughs> the first the first instance is when you have uh, implantation of a microchip that a lot of people are uh, very worried that this is going to take away civil liberties. It's going to take away rights. Um, but here we have the, the world Olympians association talking about how chipping athletes is actually a good thing and actually going to come to pass because they're so worried about the doping scandals that, people need to be chipped so they can actually be monitored if they have something in their system that the government or the Olympic association doesn't want the, in the system. If that's not an invasion of privacy, then the, then we need to rethink of what privacy really is. Um, I, I remember, you know, watching a movie uh, back in the day when um, it was a sci-fi movie and the guy was, you know, going to the restroom and the toilet, told him he had too much sodium in his diet and he couldn't have bacon in, the, in, the, in that morning. You know, and, and I just, it just stuck in my head. 
But we're moving towards a system to where anything that comes in your body is going to be regulated. I mean, they're moving towards athletes. And then if it's okay for dogs, it's okay for athletes. It's okay for the rest of us. I mean, that's the, that's the analogy. That's the, the thought behind it. So where does this lead? Well, let's just continue down this path. We know that the Trump administration has uh, come out and said that they disagree with uh, people being pretty much on welfare. They, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming out is that um, people don't, uh, the Trump administration is making policies that are anti-poor people. Um, and welfare is one of those policies that actually helps poor people. And one of the stipulations that uh, Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions have said is that they believe that people that are on welfare, shouldn't, they should have a, a drug test to be able to get welfare. Well, this is a very similar situation. You have the World Olympic Association that says that, well, you don't have to participate in this program, but if you do want to have this program, then you need to take this chip, which will monitor what goes in your body. You have the United States that is saying you don't have to participate in this program, but if you do want to participate in this program, you have to abide by the rules of the program, which means you might have to have monetary drug testing, which is exactly what this program is. So you see the arising in two different avenues at the same exact time. You know, I know that there's different proponents out there that don't say that microchips are bad or that, you know, they're not going to be the mark of the beast or whatever it may be. But I don't agree with it. I've, I've never agreed with it. And here we see this rising in our society. We see this becoming something that a major publication talks about openly. And they weren't the only ones that talked about it openly as well. So why aren't people talking about this? Why aren't people talking about what is happening to our privacy? What's happening to our way of life in any aspect of anything? I mean, the last year, the turmoil that the United States and the rest of the world has had in this last year is unbelievable. You know, I mean, I can't imagine any time like this before. I've never, ever heard in history actually it's modern history. I mean, you can look back into hmm, the Great Depression where we had economic crisis, we had war, we had political upheaval. It's very similar, very scary to look at. But if we are headed to a state of war, if we are headed to an economic crisis that is going to be massive hyperinflation, which means if you own a house, hold on, and if you don't own a house, your rent's going to go through the roof because everyone's greedy. And when there's more money in, current, in circulation and more money given to the people, more things are going to be priced higher. Everyone's going to want to make more money. That's just how greed takes over. We are headed towards that. And either you can realize it or you can say that it's not going to happen. But the real, the, you know, I mean, I, I, I talk to quite a few people and they, and they always ask, you know, like, I mean, how can you tie any kind of prophecies into what's going on and guarantee, you know, that we're in the end times? And it's like, okay, no one can guarantee we're here, but you can see the signs. 
And even if you don't see the signs from a prophetic standpoint, you can see the signs and see that what's going on in the world is messed up. What's going on in the world is not right. And it's scary. And it's leading us to a place that none of us ever want to go. So if that's not prophetic, if that's not a time that was foretold that is very, 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 very similar to what is happening now, then I don't know what prophecy is. But look around. We're headed towards a very climactic time. We have until, (laughs) who knows, every week something happens that just rocks you and goes, what is going on? I mean, we have a hurricane that's about ready to hit Ireland. I, I've never, I've never heard of a hurricane hitting Ireland before. But they came out with the highest warning, saying, you know, it's going to be 100 miles an hour. So be prepared for anything, because anything is happening. I mean, some people are talking about the 25th Amendment, where basically 13 cabinet members. In, in a president's administration, along with the vice president, can remove the president of the United States, say he is not mentally fit for the job. People are truly talking about this. The only weird thing about it is if it does head down that path, we have the soap opera of all soap operas that would, that would happen. So basically 13 cabinet members and the vice president of the United States they submit paperwork to both the House and the Senate, and then two-thirds of the House and the Senate have to approve it. They have 21 days to approve it. If they do not approve it within the 21 days, the president gets his power back. The vice president does not retain the presidency, and it goes back to the president of the United States. If we head down that, and I'm just saying we're in year one of at least four years and possibly eight years of this, and we're in year one. So even if it doesn't happen tomorrow, there's a strong possibility that soap opera may unfold in front of our eyes. And we must be prepared for every possibility, every avenue. So, Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, but, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, be prepared. That's all I can say. Be prepared. You know, Clinton, how can you prove? <laughs> how can you prove? Oh, man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you really do got to get into the riddling of the effect of the Bible God's holy. This is kind of off topic, but Clinton said it, so I'm going to bring it up. People mentioning to him, well, how can you know that we're in the end times? This week on the Facebook group, I always post, even as we're commanded, to riddle. Ladies and gentlemen, please know and understand parable that you see in the Bible. That means riddle, and that is a direct quote from the book of Asaph which is, if you all don't know, that is chapters 73 through 83 in the Psalms. That's the book of Asaph. That's where and why Jesus spoke in parables. He's spoken riddles. 
So I posted uh, one this week, and and I do uh, sometimes two or three times a week, all depending on the Ecclesia's needs. The Lord will pass on to me who needs attention and who's not. So I will design the riddles around the particular prompting that I get from the Holy Spirit based on their needs. This is all kind of tying together because I told everyone a broadcast last week that I spoke to a uh, affiliate of this broadcast, and now he runs his own uh, broadcast called uh, Bullet Points. I asked him a very serious question. Why does Matthew 24 have to take place? Why does the woman have to flee? Why did the Egyptians go and start hanging out with the Israelites? Why did the Hagarim follow them, become grumblers? Why? Why does all this have to take place? Well, it's amazing how American Christians think that everything is done for their benefit. However, this is not. It's not done for your benefit. But ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's really consider this. I'm going to read a little bit from a blog post that uh, I did. I don't know how long ago I originally wrote uh, the text. Uh, but the data comes from my teenage years. The title of the post is Exegesis on Pi and its Biblical Uses as a Temporal Integer. Let me just read a little bit. Just so you all know, Ezekiel chapter 24 presents to the woman all the reasons why Matthew chapter 24 has to take place. It is the entire discourse and explanation as to what the sign of Ezekiel is. Please understand, I'm going to talk about alphanumerics right now. The reason why the Lord your God used Hebrew and Koine Greek to write both sides of that scroll. Did I catch your attention? On one side is Hebrew. The other side is Koine Greek. He did that for more than one wondrous reason. However, both of the languages that he chose to use, you know this type of language. You call it Roman numerals. But please understand that Arabic numerals were never in the Greek or the Hebrew text because every letter is a number, every single one. Everybody knows about pi. That is used to determine, of course, calculations with area in a circle. You can use the ratio of 22 to 7, and that is found all over the biblical text. For this exercise, 
we're going to talk about the 826th chapter of the Bible, commonly called Ezekiel 24. Take note that the 22 to 7 ratio, using the biblical integer which determines when the writers will ride the first 1,290 days. The ratio to produce pi from that integer is 410. In the Septuagint, take note, there's two words right together. The first one is 410. The next one is 1,290, ladies and gentlemen. You've never heard this anywhere before because, well, I've only published it on my blog site. And to the best of my knowledge, no one else knows it. That's right there, the ratio for pi. In the Masoretic text, God does it in Ezekiel 24, verse 14. That's right. He writes out an equation right in a row. These words aren't mixed up with words in between it. No, these integers is pi, 1,290 over 410. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I already stated to you that Ezekiel chapter 24 is the 826th chapter of the Bible. That ratio to produce pi would have to be 263, and guess what? Well, that's in the very first verses of Ezekiel chapter 24. It's in the second. It's in the eighth. It, it, ladies and gentlemen, you seriously need to consider how much proof you need. I strongly suggest you go take a look at this blog post because I'm not even getting started. But that's all I'm going to cover about that. So if you want proof, that's all right, just as long as you don't require a sign. But you know that, don't you? Getting to my news coverage, I am going to, of course, break and ask Brian if he would like to uh, make any comments on what Clinton had to say before I get started. I keep forgetting to do that, but I always take a minute to comment on things that, that Clinton said. Uh, so, Brian, did you have any comments about what uh, Clinton had to cover in the news? trying to think here for a moment um i think some of the iran stuff i'll leave till i get to that i mean uh you know it's uh he brought up the fact that they're putting out this amendment 25 concerning uh trump's mental health and on top of it i just came across an article earlier today that is stating i believe it's something like 26 top psychologists have gotten together and written a book basically pointing out that well, he's technically insane from what they're stating here, and this I, – I don't even know what to say anymore because, you know, his actions, I really wish I could say they were much different than when he was on the campaign trail, but they're not. So it, it almost um, makes you kind of scratch your head considering 
if these uh, scholars and uh, psychologists are correct, you know, it really says something about the American nation that they could have voted in um, somebody that is possibly legally insane. That's about all I got to say for the time being. Well, I certainly would like to add to that because, well, this was just released 17 hours ago. Um, There was a a gentleman, uh, Nick Corvino. He was a big uh, Trump campaigner. He was also a Rubio intern. Well, he was shot 13 times in his sleep. And I can't help but be reminded, Brian, of, of course, the Clintons' long trail of bodies they left behind. So, ladies and gentlemen, we might seriously want to consider not just the POTUS, elected officials that are obviously exhibiting signs. Of mental stress, shall we say. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about water displacement. Some things are just off the charts when I look at it. But down in Brazil, we've had some very bad things happening. It's happened multiple times in Brazil. But the sea receded and... I don't think this would have generally come into United States news if it wasn't for Facebook. People that could speak English, that had friends that spoke uh, Spanish and had friends down in Brazil. It's absolutely off the charts. Massive water displacement. Now, I just happened to have a prof, a friend of mine, and I'll just go ahead and do it for Sonia's sake. Shout out to Prof Garfinkel. Uh, Praying for you, uh, buddy, and uh, may the Lord my God be with you and your wife. Uh, Such a sweetheart. By the way, just so you all know, Sonia is a sole survivor from an entire village. The only way they know their name is a woman happened to have lipstick and wrote her name on Sonia's chest before they threw her from a train headed to Auschwitz. At any rate, um, they're down there trying to figure out what's going on. They put down GPS spikes to see if there's any ground heaval. There's not. This week, we had a hole the size of Maine open up in Antarctica ice. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had massive flooding in Florida, nothing to do with the hurricanes, ladies and gentlemen. And they just come out and say, yeah, it's, it's king tides. You know you're in trouble when live science gets involved and publishes an article explaining away this massive amount of water showing up. Ladies and gentlemen. The hurricanes have just been off the charts. Right now, 
Ophelia is heading for Ireland and UK. We've had <laughs> massive flooding in Costa Rica. Catastrophic flooding in South Sudan. It's it's it. Ladies and gentlemen, surely you know they're not supposed to have that much water in South Sudan. The worst flooding in years has hit Vietnam. Last time I checked, it claimed 54 lives. Ladies and gentlemen, this COVID insides with the sinkholes that's been happening. But take note. If you have the wisdom to know and understand, Brian and I shared with you the scientific technical data of when it was published. I'm hesitant to say it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they've known for several years that one side of our core is, has already crystallized. And I'm speaking about the core of our planet Earth. And it was published in the scientific journal Brian put in the show notes We talked about it We shared it with you But most of you have completely forgotten about it Haven't you You've entertained yourself And entertained yourself And entertained yourself You know Clinton's been alluding to for several broadcasts now that you don't want to go where we're going with the health industry. Ladies and gentlemen, I've hesitated in saying this, but all of you know that are my longtime listeners and supporters. When I used to be a manager in a hardware chain, to rain on your party, this was several years ago. I didn't check references on the applications, Clinton. The only thing I did was get their social security number, go through E-Verify, and check their credit. If they had good credit, I could look over the rest of the resume and try to hire them. That's fact. And Clinton, that was years ago. We've had over a hundred hippos fall dead in Nambia. This article goes way out of its way to mislead you and to misverify. They go through a long diatribe to try to insinuate that this was anthrax, and I'll just read one sentence. Though officials are waiting on laboratory confirmation of the disease, a diagnosis of anthrax is reasonable given the findings. Ladies and gentlemen, they're lying to you. Anthrax is not a disease. They were expecting you to be smart enough to realize that they were intentionally misleading you. But if you haven't been trained in academics, you don't know that. 
this entire article's fiction that Life Science provided. Are you aware that 40,000 penguins have starved to death just this year? Was you aware of that? Uh, are you aware that this is on top of the simple fact that four years ago, they didn't breed a single chick, ladies and gentlemen? Have you ever – well, do yourself a favor and watch a documentary on penguins. They're starving to death, ladies and gentlemen. How many years ago did Brian and I tell you that um, the fisherman was already fighting in the North Seas because there was no fish? And as a matter of fact, it wasn't too awfully long ago that I told you that, by the way, uh, Great Britain passed the laws, and you're not allowed to fish off the shores of Great Britain unless you're British. And everybody's clueless. You know, let me throw this in here. You know what? Have you looked at some of the salaries for major athletes? No, really. Uh, I don't have a problem with somebody that makes that much money making sure they're not doping. Everybody knows I don't watch sports. But my goodness, if we're going to murder 500,000 babies this year, which is, by the way, the largest cause of death in the United States, yet pay baseball players and football players and basketball players more than the Senate, the Congress, and the President of the United States. Yeah, you should ship them. Because I know where they're going anyway. Well, don't you? I mean, whether they... Put their hand on their chest for the national anthem. That's completely worthless data to me. I can plainly tell you what is to come for the period. I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen. You haven't ever investigated the Guinness Book of World Records? You can't plainly see that you just go back to like the 50s? And you don't realize that athletes can't possibly naturally do what they're doing since about the 80s? Of course they can't. <laughs> of course they can't run a mile that fast. Duh. I mean, duh. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, being a professional athlete and doping is exactly like being a politician. If you're not corrupt, it ain't going to happen. Both get what they need under the table. Take, for example, I've been personally involved with it. Major road construction project was right there. I, at the time, I happened to be rewiring. I was replacing one of the outlets on the floor so nobody was paying attention to me. This contractor gave 
three city council members, $10,000 apiece, and he got the contract for the road. Well, if you need to make, you know, $4.5 million because your contract's coming up and you're a, you know, a wide receiver or a pitcher, you know, or a, or the center of a basketball team, well, you get what you need under the table, just like the politicians do. I mean, my God, that's common knowledge, but that's all right. You vote for them, and you either pay for tickets to see them, or you pay for that particular case work to watch them, don't you? So you've already cast your lot with them, haven't you? The sign of Ezekiel is, by the way, did you know it's more important than the sign of Jonah? You didn't, did you? Of course you didn't. You've been too busy entertaining yourselves. And that's a fact. You are listening to the End Time Tribune are being provided by Reawaken Hymns. I strongly suggest you go over and support him. Just this afternoon, I was enjoying his Christmas hymns. Absolutely phenomenal. He has where you can pay for them and download them on his website. You know... Do you have a conscience anymore? I'm not going to mention the political side. I'm just going to mention the sports side. If you've bought a ticket to see a game this month, or if you've paid for a cable service so you can watch sports, or if you've pay-per-viewed a boxing match or a wrestling match or whatever, my God, surely you can at least go support Nate. I mean, go over there and look how much his, his albums are. I mean, you might as well cast your lot with the righteous for at least once in your life. Ah. Uh-huh. 
to Reawaken Hymns. For more information and hymn resources, check out my website, www.reawakenhymns.com, or find me on YouTube at Reawaken Hymns. Sins, reveal. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. That was uh, music provided by Reawakened Hymns. Clinton, did you have any uh, comments on uh, what I had to share before we pass the mic over to Brian? Well, you know, I mean, the, the world changes are, are fascinating. You know, I mean, you, you brought up the 40,000 penguins that, that died in Antarctica and the large hole that opened up in Antarctica as well. And, and I know that there's speculation that there may be a volcano underneath there that is, you know, causing it to melt. Um, I've also seen reports that there was uh, some kind of mysterious ecosystem that they found underneath the ice that uh, um, scientists were very thrilled to go study. Uh, because it's now able to, they're able to get to it, which is amazing. So these these world changes are just fascinating. And then it seems like you see the eastern half of the United States is like flooding. You know, we we know what's happened in Puerto Rico, what's happened in Texas, what's happened in Florida, and then the western half of the of the United States is on fire. Um, and it seems like it doesn't have enough water. So it's 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 interesting to see. It's it's fascinating to watch, and and uh, uh, I, I just enjoyed that part of it. Fascinating. Yes, that's one word you could use for it. Fascinating. I certainly do agree. Brian, uh, your comments on what I had to say, and then just jump right in for your news diatribe. Um, it's good to hear you, buddy. Uh, we need to talk after the broadcast, by the way. Um, I need to charge my batteries, bud, but uh, the mic is yours. Well, I mean, the factors. With the earth changes, I mean, let's see here. We've had massive typhoon, uh, I think it's a fifth of the season, heading towards China. Of course, we got the mega wildfires that are completely out of control out in California. We've had upwards of, it's approaching at least 25 deaths, I believe, now at this stage. Um, big warnings are coming out that they think um, Yellowstone is getting close to erupting and... What else have we had here going on? Uh, you know, as far as uh, what's going on with uh, the uh, Northern Pole and all the uh, ice melt that's going on there. Yeah, what was that? I think it was last week, Matthew. You dropped out a interesting story about how far the axis of the planet has already shifted. And I've had discussions with people here on this before where, you know, this concept has come up about what is causing this glacial melt-off, and I've told them time and time again, you've got to look at the fact of when the, the axis shifts, it's realigning that heat, and it's going to cause more cold to show up in the area where the axis is going, and that's exactly what they've seen in Siberia. Now, Siberia is already cold, that's a given, but the temperatures have decreased exponentially there, and we see this thaw-off happening right there at the North Pole. I mean, Matt, if you want to comment on that, the uh, data you saw last week on the pole shift real quick, on the uh, axis shifting, or rather. Well, Brian, the problem was is that they were lying. We had three articles come out on three in three different countries, all with conflicting information because they didn't want you to know how far your grid coordinates was moving every year, okay? 
the article concentrated on the Arctic Circle. They was having to move the marker 48 feet per year. Ladies and gentlemen, you checked the book that was referenced. It was outright lying. If they are, in fact, moving that marker 48 feet per year, Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to have to wait very long because in your lifetime, don't you realize, well, let me explain it to you like this. Ladies and gentlemen, on Google Earth, your house is going to move 48 feet this year. Next year, it's going to do the same thing. And last year, it moved 48 feet. Don't you understand what that means? It's absolutely mind-boggling, Brian, because they come out and told you, but then they lied. They didn't want you to get the technical data, just like that, that fire video that, that I shared. Ladies and gentlemen, in the BBC, this joker says that a fire can move through forest, you know, like six miles an hour. And then if you take the technical data that he gave you, he didn't come out and tell you that, by the way, this fire was unnaturally moving at 51 miles per hour. It was burning through 100 – 300 feet every four seconds. Every second this fire moved 75 feet, ladies and gentlemen. Your grid coordinates moving. Brian, back to you. Well, yeah, I mean, 48 feet's a bit much. Um, we did have, in the last couple of weeks, I saw one report did come out concerning the uh, airport. I believe it was in Florida. It might have been California. I can't recall exactly where. Had to realign it. Uh, Air, uh, it's uh, landing strips again as far as with uh, how the compass lines up. So it, things are definitely shifting, but 48 feet in one year, that seems a bit excessive. So uh, nonetheless here, now to launch into what we're starting out with uh, as far as this week. And, of course, yes, the big one that really caught everybody's attention, obviously, was uh, – what just transpired here with the uh, infamous, as they're trying to label it, Iranian strategy. And I don't really see too much strategy involved. Nonetheless, yes, it's what uh, Trump is trying to force Congress to go back to the table and renegotiate the Iranian nuclear deal, which that's just, it's impossible, folks. You cannot set out a treaty with somebody and then turn around and say, oh, we don't want to do this and renegotiate it. It's just not going to happen. And Iran has stated flat out they refuse to come to the table again on this. And if America keeps pushing in this direction, they're going to pull out completely. Um, in turn, this on top of it now has caused a massive, massive backlash from a vast majority of the European Union nations, Britain, Germany, France, all Germanic people, 
You might want to take note of that. It's going to be important in a little bit here. Manage to take all of them off. Obviously, you've got other uh, groups that are aligned with Iran as well that are very angered by this. Um, you know, of course, and fingers are being pointed at Netanyahu as far as how involved he is with this process, and it's probably not too much of a stretch, all considering his actions during the Obama administration and everything he had been pulling at that stage of the game there. Now, I've talked about this in depth um, at least a few months uh, in the past about basically the fact alone that a vast majority of the finger-pointing stating that Iran was even trying to build a nuclear weapon was completely very um, – a very high lack of credibility was found even within those threats. And I've looked through an extensive amount of uh, work in this area of different people that have looked deeply into it, down to the fact that the Ayatollah Khomeini had made a basically statement stating that they will not use any kind of weapons of mass destruction whatsoever. And, you know, to boil this back around, when you go back and you look into the pre-1979 uh, revolution that happened there with the Ayatollah Khomeini coming in, basically the Shah had made a multi-billion dollar deal for Iran to have nuclear energy capacity and the countries turned around and pulled out after the Ayatollah had come into power, therefore, you know, just negating what they had already paid for with this billions of dollars for this nuclear program. And the main reason they were doing it was because of the fact that obviously with, well, for one, with Britain basically taking all their oil, they didn't really have much for fuel as far as electricity and all of that is concerned, and they had to have something to make up for these losses. So that was the main initial reason why this nuclear deal was put in place all along in the first place. Now, this, of course, is causing other issues. Um, the uh, president on top of it lashed out against the Iranian Revolutionary Guard and you know, pointing out that they've been funding terror all over the place. And yes, we've got ties with Hezbollah, with Hamas. You know, the Houthi situation in Yemen, which is, it's kind of hit and miss. There's people that are claiming that Iran has ties with this. There's other groups that are claiming they don't. So, of course, they're trying to, quote unquote, crack down on this axis of terror with Iran. So, where this is going to go, probably nowhere good. Because, I mean, at the same time here as well, we have more ships being sent towards North Korea. We had another uh, nuclear submarine joined up with the 7th Fleet that's out there right now as we speak. Coming up, I believe it's tomorrow, we have another great big uh, exercise between South Korea and the United States, once again doing the same old infamous uh getting prepared for invasion, and the rhetoric that continues to come out of Trump's mouth, of course, he loves to use Twitter to stir up all kinds of trouble, and that's exactly what he's been doing. It's continual 
uh, laying out of insults back and forth and back and forth between the leader of North Korea and Trump just lambasting, stating all this insanity on a continual basis. So that keeps continuing to build up as well. And, you know, there's talks of diplomatic work going on between Tillerson and North Korea, but at the same time, now that the United States, or at least Trump, has stated that we are going to essentially nix the uh, Iranian nuclear deal, who in the world is going to want to work with us diplomatically when going back on your word, they know full well that America is not going to keep any kind of treaty that it's going to sign into place. So what would be the point of a diplomatic solution? There is none now. And they know this. See here, what else do we have this weekend, happen this week? Turkey, as well, and the United States are having uh, massive, massive issues. We had a visa ban between, uh, how in the world did they uh, state this? Uh, Coming out of this article here, uh, Washington's decision to indefinitely halt all non-immigrant visa services to uh, Turkish citizens at all consulates in Turkey and vice versa. Turkey turned around and pulled the same thing. Now, there's all kinds of things going on back and forth here between, once again, uh, accusations of uh, consulate members being involved with the Gulen coup. And a whole bunch of other things going on. But if you look deeper into this, you find out that there's a little bit more behind the scenes here. And it turns out that uh, America is getting ready to prosecute somebody. And there's tapes that were made, uh, I believe it was back in 2013, where Turkey was skirting the uh, Iranian sanctions by basically buying gold are buying oil with gold, therefore stating the uh, sanctions, which is the exact same thing that China and Russia are talking about as we speak, now that everybody has pretty much figured out how to sidestep the ridiculous sanctions that America keeps slapping on everybody. Let me see here. What else? Which one do we cover first? Let's go with the Kurds first. All week long, there's been massive warnings coming out from Kurdistan between her bill and uh, Kirkuk about Iraqi and Iranian allied forces getting ready to invade Kirkuk. Now, as of today, we had... uh, the Kurds' Iraqi force dead, uh, forces in standoff as Baghdad sets a deadline. And essentially what this uh, deadline boils down to is they're stating hand over Kirkuk or we will be causing a conflict. And finally, supposedly Washington is stepping in trying to simmer things down. It's not working out too much here. And we've got, of course, we've got the uh, Shiite-aligned forces there which are obviously deeply in the middle of this because the mass majority of Iraq is in control by the Shiite Iranian-backed forces. 
Now, we've had a Cuds Force leader on top of it in this mix as well, leveling threats against uh, the Kurds in this last week. And, I mean, all they did with this referendum is essentially it was a vote to see if the people wanted to move towards independence, yet nothing has been done at all concerning this as far as within the UN or within the diplomatic fields with talks with Iraq or anything. This was nothing more than a statement of desired independence. But of course, all these nations have gone into an uproar. We had another article that came out today, just within the last couple of hours, that once again, uh, the Kurds confront a new gang of four, and I hate to say it, but I don't agree with this title of this article because it's not a new gang. It's the same gang that has been threatening them nonstop, and it's the same nations where the Kurdish people are at. Now, you have to go back to the Sykes-Picot agreement to understand what happened with the Kurdish people because they literally took their land away and just gave it out to everybody when they put in all their new borders in that time frame. So, of course, we've got areas within northern Syria that are Kurdish. We have areas in Iran, we have areas in Iraq, and we have areas within Turkey. Now, on top of it, there was a threat that came out of Syria from Bashar al-Assad yesterday as Turkey was making its move towards the northwestern corridor where the Kurdish people are in Syria. He threatened them and told them to get the heck out of there. You are breaking international law, even though they're supposed to be in there helping with the Astana peace deal that was set down by the Russians and Syria and I believe Iran, etc., whoever was at that last Astana meeting, they were supposed to be in there basically helping with that. Now, Raqqa, on top of it in Syria, is just about cleared out. They keep going back and forth and back and forth in the news. Um, last night, it was stated it was completely cleared out. Then they turned around and stated a certain percentage was still left, and who knows. But nonetheless, obviously, that battle within Syria against Islamic State with Raqqa is coming to a close here. So where that's going to lead in Syria next, time's going to tell. But as more as they push out Islamic State, the way that the United States likes to backtrack on what they state they're going to do, it makes you wonder what they're going to do about al-Assad once this whole situation starts to simmer down. Now, on top of it, we had a major incident with Russia this week. Russian defense ministry officials that were en route to the U.N. headquarters were denied U.S. visas. And they were to participate in a joint Russian-Chinese military conference at the U.N., uh, was to include discussions of the U.S. global missile defense system. They just, the United States said, nope, you can't show up, go home. But you end up looking into what's going on here with this uh, missile defense system, and it really boils down to the fact that most all of the NATO allies have been armed with this, uh, basically the anti missile defense systems here and you know it's basically their role is to intercept strategic ballistic missiles during ascending part of their flight trajectory etc etc and this is really boils down to the fact that it's giving 
any of the spots where the United States has these deployed, it gives them first strike opportunity, not to even mention instantaneous global strike capability where they can come in and take down a small nation within hours. And the United States is just setting these all up all over the place. So, of course, they wanted to block China and Russia having discussions at the UN about this this week. They just blocked Russia from coming in, you know, because that's, you know, everybody's starting to figure out, I guess that's how we roll. <clears throat> now, on top of it, Romania, we've got a major buildup of NATO forces. Uh, we had an article come out of Reuters this week. NATO launches Black Sea Force as latest counter to Russia. NATO launched a new multinational force in Romania on Monday to counter Russia along its eastern flank and to check a growing Russian presence in the Black Sea following the Kremlin's 2014 seizure of Crimea. So let's see here. This force will initially be built around a Romanian brigade of up to 4,000 soldiers supported by troops from nine other NATO countries and complementing a separate deployment of 900 U.S. troops already in place. The plans are to include additional air and sea assets to give the force a greater capability. And yes, the United States has forces there at the same time. Once again, another article that came out of Newsweek, NATO is sending more troops to counter Russia as new Cold War threats to loom. You guys are a little behind the page here because they've known that the Cold War reflared back up again as soon as we bombed the Belgrade uh, embassy in Serbia, notably the Chinese embassy. So you're a little late there. The Cold War flared up again a long time ago. What else have we had here? Okay. On top of we had Russia Insider had this article come out this week. The only reason to arm Ukraine is to encourage it to restart the war. And we've talked about this several times here in the last couple of months, actually few months, that there was a deal signed into effect with Ukraine selling them a mass amount of arms. And the only reason to do that is exactly what this article states, to restart that war. Now, how many fronts are we looking at here, folks, for saber-rattling to begin because it's literally at this stage, it's getting to the point where it's ridiculous, but it doesn't end there. Pakistan and India are now beginning to have more problems. More threats are flaring back and forth between the two of them. Not to even mention on top of it, things that are going on with Afghanistan are further heightening these tensions, and this just keeps going. The United States called for India to have a tighter presence within Afghanistan, which is also leading to conflict with Pakistan. More was released about the ISI or the Pakistani intelligence group's role within what's going on in Afghanistan with the different terror groups between Taliban and there's other ones listed in the different articles as well. So if you were interested in that, track those down further to look at that. Um, trying to think here as well. I mean, outside of all the saber rattling going on world, well, actually, let me hold the bus there a minute. Another major development in Israel this week. Fatah and the Hamas 
as of, I believe, Friday, signed a reconciliation deal in Cairo, which has now brought the two of them together as one group. We've already got people in Israel calling for Netanyahu to denounce the Palestinians now and break off any deals that were cemented further on because it states nothing about Hamas disarming, and they are still essentially from what the different groups within Israel are seeing within the framework of what was written out in this new treaty, this new deal between the two, is that this is a push for both groups now to rise up against what they refer to as the Zionist occupation. This could lead to trouble because recall a few weeks back we had on top of it released out of legislation in Israel was basically a move for them to grab anything they wanted to within the West Bank, even though they're supposed to be handing over Area C within the West Bank to the Palestinians to help further assist within the treaties that they're trying to work on out there in the Middle East. This is leading to a bad spot as well, because now that you've got these two aligned with each with each other, Dependent on where this goes, if Hamas does not disarm and the terror does not stop, now you've got a two-fold front with the Palestinians united. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on that and see where that goes. Now over to good old United States. What all did we have this week happen this week? Major executive order overturning a whole lot concerning the health bill. Since they weren't able to get rid of it within Congress, what did he do? He just turned around and wrote an executive order and started nuking portions of the health care bill that he didn't like. Most notably, what he targeted was the money that was supposed to be sent in order to cover people who have low incomes to be able to cover their deductibles within their insurance. They just turn around and completely nuke that. And if people, if you know anything about, they refer to this as libertarian economics, which is basically what the Koch brothers are associated with. Well, they want anything next that the government is paying for, for any kind of, be it welfare, Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, all of that, because they claim that is nothing more than socialism and communism and this is a big part of their entire economic plan that they've been pushing all along what else puerto rico united states mainly trump once again keeps pulling nonstop garbage against puerto rico who mind you is part of the united states and yet they are refusing to send aid there Fido, or not Fido, uh, FEMA, and uh, military forces took their time getting there to even help, and there's still massive issues happening all throughout Puerto Rico, and they just completely turn the other cheek, turn the other eye. <laughs> I wouldn't say turn the other cheek, I'd say quite the contrary, almost like they're just smacking them as hard as they can. Rumors have floated around this has a lot to do with... Uh, Racism and the way that uh, Trump is looking at him, I'm not going to even refer to what he called him, 
which is a little bit on the ridiculous side. And on that level, again, on top of it, turns out in the last week, it was uh, released from one of the main uh, production people on the show that Trump was a part of that he was constantly in the background making racist comments against black people and Jews. And this just was pretty much overlooked by most of the media as they turned around and fixated on this, that, and the other thing. And the big one that got everybody's attention this week, where he started screaming fake news again, NBC had released a report stating that Trump was trying to get a 10% increase in nuclear weapons which on top of it breaks just about every treaty worldwide. And he's turning around stating he never made those comments. It's hard telling what happened, but nonetheless, I wouldn't be altogether shocked if he did make those statements. I'm trying to think if I missed anything here. That's all I can think of for the time being. If anything comes back to memory, I'll bring it back in during this last bit here. I'll hand it back over to you guys. Very good, Brian. My goodness. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're right, we're right on the brink of war in so many fronts. It's it's not even funny. Uh, Clinton, did you have any comments on uh, Brian's news coverage there? Well, I think uh, Brian hit on the on the head when he talked about the fact that we are pulling out of the Iranian nuclear deal means that no one in the rest of the world is going to take it seriously when it comes to making a treaty or making a deal. Um, so why in in God's green earth would North Korea try to talk to us or make any kind of deal or or do anything to avert war? I mean, there's Iran did everything to avert war, and we're pulling out of the treaty. Now North Korea's <laughs> there's no reason for them to even try. Um, so I think Brian hit hit it right on the head when he said that. Let me throw this past you, uh, guys. I haven't really heard or seen anybody talk about uh, what we jointly did. With Israel, and Clinton, what's your what's your thoughts on the U.S. and Israel withdrawing from UNESCO this week? What's what's your take on that? Well, the uh, the speculation is that uh, this is coordinated by Israel, and that Trump was kind of following suit with it. Um, the fact that it's a coordinated attempt or coordinated move uh, where both countries did it uh, simultaneously is, is big uh, compared to what's going on with Iran and the fact that Israel's asked us to um, support them in Syria as well. Um, I think uh, this is just a move uh, away from the, Uni uh, the United Nations and an attempt to say, you know, you guys are not supporting Israel's claim to the Holy Land, so we are going to remove our support from your organization. Second part to the question there, Clinton. You've already informed us that the POTUS and the present elected body have been making moves, chess moves, so to speak, to seize 
public lands. You just told us about this, I think it's about a month ago, but that's why this caught my attention because now UNESCO can't walk into the United States and go to an oil-rich place or someplace that's got gold, and they can't say that's a historical site, can they? Now, we also know what's going on with Israel and land. And the three of us have reported on different aspects about this, about this grabbing land and settlements and all of that. We've talked about what's been going on in the United States, that now, you know, uh, uh, we've had historical sites being trumped, and now uh, these big corporations can move into those public lands. So do you think this is kind of tying into that? Because it, it off the cuff doesn't seem so. And I just wonder your thoughts on that. You know, I haven't quite figured out uh, the end move on this. If it was just to show our support for Israel or if it was to uh, open up the private lands um, for people to be able to buy and and corporations to be able to buy, I have not made that determination yet uh, of what exactly this move means. Well, Brian, what's your what's your thoughts on it? Do you think that these seemingly unrelated issues that the three of us have been reporting on could be linked together? Well, I mean, the big thing is, is with UNESCO is we've wondered this for years. We've reported on this nonstop for years. Um, you know, the fact alone that they have the right to even continually throw out this legislation targeting Israel is completely and literally off the charts when their role has nothing to do with making those kinds of proclamations and statements as is. Now, if this pullout has anything to do with more of the settlements and more of the building on private lands and so on and so forth, I would not be altogether shocked altogether considering that little piece of legislation that flew out in Israel and pretty much nobody even paid attention to as far as them seizing portions of the West Bank and just grabbing them and starting building on them. Um, you know, on top of it as well, you've got the major settler movement out in Israel that's continually has been starting trouble for years upon years upon years on end. And there's I've watched a plethora of documentaries that have gone through and pointed them out time and time again that every time they show up somewhere and just start grabbing land and building houses, trouble always follows. So how much of this is connected in with this? Once again, time's going to tell. It's a little bit surprising that they all pulled out of UNESCO, but at the same time, we've had the United States pulling UN funding for this, that, and the other thing, and all kinds of other random, bizarro things taking place. I'm not altogether shocked. Now, one other thing I wanted to point out, and this might even tie in, is folks, we've talked about this in the past concerning the Ten Kings and how they are going to burn her, um, a.k.a. the American continent. And the Ten Kings, and if I am remotely close to even being right about the fact that those Ten Kings are the same Ten Kings that are listed in Ezekiel 38, 
folks, we managed to tick off just about every one of those kings in this last week alone in one swift shot. Well, let me throw this by everybody. Okay, let me throw out here some names. I mean, this one bothers me right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, we just pulled out of UNESCO, right? But don't you realize that Yellowstone National Park was protected? Well, do we even have a military anymore? I think it's just black ops across the board. I think. Or it should be. But... Ladies and gentlemen, you need to you need to consider <laughs> that's the Lord your God playing chess. But he's already told you how he's going to win. He's, he's already told you exactly everything he's going to do when he moves a chess piece. He's already told you thousands of years ago. And you know, I'm just, I'm just provoked to say this. I was biting my tongue. I didn't even publish it with the article that I mentioned earlier. But did you know that the alphanumerical calculation for 2018 is in Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 13? Did you know that? You don't have to do anything magical or anything. Nothing mystic. Open the Masoretic text and look at it and realize that it's numbers. They're grouped together, ladies and gentlemen. So if there's like three letters, that's three integers. It might be, oh, I don't know, 144. When you add those up, it's 2018. In your filthiness is lewdness. Because I would have cleansed you, yet you were not clean. You will not be cleansed from your filthiness again until I have spent my wrath on you. Well, that immediately brings to mind uh, exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about in, well, Matthew chapter 24. Okay? Verse 19. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that your flight not be in the winter, nor on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation. Such has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. I'm just saying, I didn't read all the verses. That's just a snippet. But it is true. It, it really is true. You see, that's why all these false predictions about the Revelation 12 sign occurring on September the 23rd when it was not. It was obviously, even to the elementary mind, point in case, my 13-year-old. She immediately saw that was creating a Urea crown. That crown could only be prepared for the one who would ride the beast. I mean, it was obvious. 
was obvious. They failed to tell you that during the 1,290 days, you're already supposed to know up front that you're going to flee to the wilderness. I mean, you can reject it, but that's what God said in, well, Matthew 24, and that's why he wrote Ezekiel 24, by the way. That's why Pi is all over it using the ratio 1,290 over 410. That's why it's there. That's why it's also there using the chapter number that it happens to be. That's biblical mechanics. You can prove the Bible is true in so many different ways. You really are very not only short-sighted, but you obviously don't have an elevated IQ if you can't see that. So when you think about it being the… 826th chapter of the Bible, and using that integer and incorporating it in multiple verses in Ezekiel chapter 24, it's not possible. And the majority of you, I'd say about a third of you, even have the ability to comprehend what I'm telling you. It's absolutely phenomenal. So… Ladies and gentlemen, let me put it to you like this. One of the places that I've been to which is absolutely wondrous in its construction is Mammoth Cave National Park. I strongly suggest you go there and take the tours. You can't flee there anymore. It's not covered by UNESCO jurisdiction anymore. Now that probably doesn't even worry you, does it? You know, no one worries when they're taking a stroll through the park until they feel and hear a click. Then they know they're standing on a landmine. You know, the Lord your God has told you what is to come. It's just you've been rejecting it. And the further we go along down this path, the worse it gets. You're running out of time. And you know what bothers me? Your grandparents knew that, didn't they? Your comments on that, um, because I don't think everybody realizes uh, that even the Statue of Liberty, uh, Yosemite National Park, um, the Hawaiian Volcanoes National Park, yeah, it's no longer protected under UNESCO. Brian, your, your thoughts on the ramifications of that now? Or how about Clinton's response to that? All right. You got me now? 
Hello. Yeah, I, I hear you. Brian, go ahead. You're live now. Uh, there was a glitch on the switchboard. Sorry about that. Yep. Yeah, I lost all audio and I had to call back in. Um, what in the world was I going to say? Well, all considering outside of the Statue of Liberty, obviously, making matters worse that we've had all the uh, infamous EPA, environmental protection laws, have been completely removed as well. That leads to kind of a twofold, really messed up equation here because it's hard telling where this whole thing could end up going. Well, Clinton, your thoughts, uh, if you happen to catch that, and, and I'm sorry, just please remember, Clinton, that uh, I'm not good with computers at all. Um, sorry I dropped the ball there, uh, but your comments on what Brian just said because – Ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that if the Ten Kings plan on burning her, they're going to plunder her first. So you might want to keep your eye out for, like, excavators and drillers in places you haven't seen them before. Clinton, your thoughts on that? Well, it's kind of disturbing. I mean, if, if all of our national monuments, all of our federal lands, all those kind of things are protected under UNESCO or, or were protected under UNESCO, and that has been removed, does that then open up for corporations or foreign countries to then purchase those lands? You know, th- these are questions that, that, I mean, we're going to have to look into. Um, does it mean well, yes, that it does. we are moving? What's that? Yes, it does mean that. I already checked. Well, then, then that just fits into everything else. I mean, you, you have a large portion of the United States that cannot be purchased for the sheer fact that it was federal land. Um, if now it can be purchased, and we know that they're trying to uh, ratify the tax program, try to allow all this money from overseas to come over, um, and then also uh, give up the restrictions in the banking industry and now they have a bunch of real estate to purchase I mean you can see kind of the reason for that now when it comes to all the moves that we've made in the Middle East and and the exact countries uh, depicted in Ezekiel that we have upset um, I mean that's just that's just evidence of how amazing God is and how amazing prophecy is the fact that every single one of those countries is in play and all in play and exactly how it was depicted is, is absolutely amazing. Um, and so, I mean, it just both sides of that, that agreement, both sides of, of everything that's happening just fit into exactly what the narrative is to play this, this whole charade out. Charade. Are we playing chess or are we playing charades, ladies and gentlemen? Personally, I think the American Christians are going to get the short ends of both those sticks. I mean, personally, I think beginning with POTUS talking about what to do with the Palestinians and creating a a new Palestinian state in the Sinai, Brian reported on that first, and, and then Clinton, he reports on 
the simple fact that these corporations can flood their money back into the United States to seize assets. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't. What I'm trying to say is, is that I don't think the three of us really understood the ramifications of what we were reporting on at the time we reported it. Because this could be a whole lot bigger and a whole lot uglier than anybody thinks, and they just worry about ball players and movie stars. Really. Really, that's 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 what they're they worry about. You know, I think we're in for an interesting week coming up. I really do. Quentin, what's your thoughts on the upcoming week? You think we're going to have? Uh, you think everything's going to calm down, or we're not going to have any floods this week, or? Any earthquakes in interesting places? Do you think it's just going to kind of be more news about, you know, uh, well, Trump tweeting and, and uh, oh, I don't know, Elvis Presley and maybe uh, uh, Greta Garbo and more stuff like that and it will just calm down? What's your thoughts on the upcoming week? Well, I mean, it's kind of what is normal now. I mean, this this seems to have been normal. Um, there, there's no way that things die down in the next week. I mean, uh, next week we may have the earthquakes in California start to ramp up, and then people talking about that whole issue. I mean, with the the fact that North Korea is talking about nuking Guam again. I mean, there, there's so many undecided things, and and this now the issue with Iran is going to be on the forefront. Everyone's going to be talking about this and what does this mean? And now Congress and the Senators are under the gun. There's no way things I think we may have lost Clinton. Brian, do we still have you? Your thoughts on the upcoming week? I heard Clinton just fine. All right. Looks like I alone remain on the switchboard. Sorry about that. You can find Clinton at uh, ClintonCoWatch.com. He is on Twitter. And Brian, you can find him at OvertAttention.com. As far as myself, I'm Matthew Miller. I have many ministries across the planet in, uh, wow, more than several languages. So if you'd like to... Get a hold of me with a question or comment. Um, the American side of the equation can do so. Intimetribune at mail.com. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed. <laughs>